a man who used to talk about pasta primavera at Giovanni's. He would go about and he would say to his friends, the pasta primavera at Giovanni's is phenomenal. The pasta primavera is the best in town. Nobody makes a pasta primavera like Giovanni's. The reviews are phenomenal. It costs $14.99, but no one makes a better pasta primavera than Giovanni's. Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, it's fresh. It's delicious. Everyone loves it. He tells them what they put in it. And his friend says, when was the last time you were at Giovanni's? He says, oh, I've never been there. Well, how do you know it's so good? Well, I read the menu. Anybody have a menu faith? You see, Mark ends with a question, have you read the menu and have you eaten the food? We've got an awkward text in front of us, amen? Anybody read ahead? Who said no? Who, who said? I can. We come to the end of Mark, 61 weeks in this gospel. I loved our time in it, I hope you did too. And next week, where will we go? Tell them, Renee, you remember? Uh Uh-huh, Habakkuk. You can spend all week looking for it. Habakkuk next week. But look at this text. Look at 9 through 20. Do you see a footnote? See a footnote? Yep. What does it say? Uh Oh. What do you do? Just forget it and move on. Go in peace, serve the Lord. Happy Mother's Day. Now, when he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary. Some of you are like, oh no, he's going to preach it. Bear with me. He appeared first to Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. But when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they would not believe it. After these things, he appeared in another form to two of them as they were walking in the country. And they went back and told the rest, but they did not believe them. Afterward, he appeared to the eleven themselves as they were reclining at table, and he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world, proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned, and these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, speak in new tongues, pick up serpents with their hands, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. So the Lord, so then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. It's not in the Bible. It's not God's word, I should say. None of that. It's just not. You say, how do you know? I mean, I love you in here. If, if, if you miss a Sunday, we're in trouble. So don't. How do I know? Well, that's going to be a Sunday school topic in a few weeks. But I know by manuscript evidence, internal evidence, form criticism, textual criticism, verses 9 through 20 are not God's word. They're, they're piecemeal pulled from other parts of the Bible with the exception of part of it. 
the, uh, the snake part and the poison part and the, the signs and wonders part? That, that, where'd that come from, you say, huh? Thanks, Mia. You come in a couple weeks to Sunday school, I'll tell you. I'm going to just talk to Mia today, you see? So, so what do we do? Well, well, I know, for example, Sinaiticus and Vaticanus, the Vulgate, the Syriac Bible, the best ancient manuscripts don't contain verses 9 through 20. It's not God's Word. How could we know what belongs in the Bible? Don't you want to know? Come to Sunday school in a few weeks. I'll unpack that. It's not a preaching item. This simply is not the proper ending of Mark's Gospel. So, what is it doing there, you ask? What is it doing there? I love this kid. I'm going to answer that question for you. Last week, if you were paying attention, I did not preach verse 8. And the reason I didn't preach verse 8 is I was saving it for today. Check this out. 16.8. Get there, get there we go. And they went out and fled from the tomb... You guys got your Bibles in front of you? Yep. For ESV people, trembling, astonishment had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, and they were afraid. Do you know what Mark just did? He, he, he dropped the mic. You ever see somebody drop the mic? I was going to drop my Bible, but some people get all uncomfortable with that. I'll hang on to it. It's the perfect ending to Mark. They were terrified, astonished, and afraid. Boom. Do you know how all the other Gospels begin? Genealogies. Trips back to eternity. Right? Go away. You're like 61 sermons. Dude, I can't remember the first one. Well, look at Mark 1.1. The beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. He just comes kicking in the door. Presents the reality of who Christ is. I think he did a decent job. Amen? And then we come to 16.8. They were trembling, they were astonished, and they were afraid. And he goes, Mark, out, boom, drops the mic. It's a perfect ending. But what's hard, and where's 9 through 20 come in, is people want to round out the ending. You say, how do you know it's a perfect ending? How do you know it's a perfect ending? Mia, I know, because it just fits into how Mark wrote, and why he wrote, and what he wrote. And see, here's the deal. If you've encountered Christ, if you've seen Christ, if you've walked with Christ, do you know what you will experience? Trembling, astonishment, and the fear of God. What, what's, what is a, the rationale behind this? Well, Mark is a gospel of what we'll call immediacy. Do you know how many times he used the word immediately in the Bible? No, how many? Me neither, a lot. I didn't actually count them. But go through Mark's Gospel and look how many times he writes immediately, 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 immediately. It's fast-paced, 61 weeks. It's fast-paced, right? Imagine if I was preaching through uh, Matthew, we'd be here till kingdom come. It's a fast-paced, quick gospel. This fits right in with it. He wrote so we would know who Jesus was. And now we're going to take a little trip. I need you guys to help me out. Go back to Mark chapter 1. You got a Bible? You don't have a Bible? You got trouble. I'm kidding. Who's with me? Who's at Mark 1? Mark 1, 22. Who sees it? You ready? I want you to keep up here. And they were astonished at his teaching. What word do we just have? Astonished. He heals a man with an unclean spirit. 
Same thing in 27. They were all amazed. Keep going. 2.12. In 2.12, we're looking at Jesus just healed a paralytic. And he rose immediately and picked up his bed and went out before them so that they were all... Shall we keep going to 441? Imagine if I went at this speed through the whole thing. Parable of the mustard seed, we move right back to past that. We go to Jesus calming a storm. And they were filled with great fear. 515. Let's not rush this too hard. Jesus heals a man with a demon. And in 5.15, what does it say? They came to Jesus, saw the demon-possessed man and the one who had the legion sitting there, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. afraid. 5.33. The woman with the bleeding and Jairus' daughter. Do you know what happens? Fear and trembling. trembling. 5.41 and 42. Do you see it? They were amazed. Mark 6, 51. We can go all the way through the Bible and time and time and time and time again. He got into the boat with them and the wind ceased and they were utterly astounded. You can look at 9.6, 9.15, 9.31, 10.23. You better hope this recording catches. Amen? <laughs> 10.32, My friends, all through this Gospel of Mark, I'm getting jumpy, let me slow down a minute. All through this Gospel of Mark, amazed, astonished, and fearful. Mark ends it with the same way he went through it. They had experienced the fact that Christ was risen. Amen? Amen. They were astounded, they were trembling, and they were fearful. They didn't have a menu faith. They ate off the menu. They saw the Lord was good and they knew Christ. Now I can just boom done. Do do you see the perfect ending of Mark's gospel? You remember the shepherds in the field? And lo, there were shepherds in the field. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone upon them. And Charlie Brown says, Linus says, they were sore afraid. God doesn't show up and like, hey, dude, Jesus is here. What up, boy? Listen to me. Jesus walks in that door. I'm going to wet my pants. I'm, I'm going to shout. Do you, do, do. Isaiah? He's in the presence of God. What up, G? Really? Woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips. Peter knew who Christ was, and he says, Away from me, Lord, right? We are casual. And we are casual, I'm talking to the Christian folks here, because we are complacent with the common. Want to play a game? See me? It's like, yeah, I like that better. Penny, which way is Lincoln looking? Yeah, you got to think about it, huh? What's on the back of a penny? You can yell out. The Lincoln Memorial. There are initials to the right of the Lincoln Memorial. What are the initials and whose are they? You see, you have pennies all over the place. You you look at your penny, but do you behold your penny? Behold the Lamb of God. We need in Mark's Gospel to behold 
this Christ. Look, look at what we've seen in 61 weeks. Did, did you just read the menu? Did, do you know who Christ is? I'm asking, do you know who he is? What's the menu set? Son of God, God incarnate, come to take away the sin of the world. That's what the menu said. But have you ever tasted and seen that the Lord is good? Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have miserable lives. Have no lack or want. It's a menu faith for too many of us. Yeah, I know Jesus. He's God. Salvation comes only through him. Ho-hum. No, no. Behold the Lamb of God. Do, Do you know who I am? If I told you I come from rich flock, would you believe me? If I told you I got an inheritance, blow your mind. If I told you I was related to royalty, would you believe me? Would you really believe me? My daddy's a king. He owns a cattle on a thousand hill. I'm going to reign with Christ. I have an inheritance you can't fathom. You're like, I know, I read that on the menu. But do you live it in life? <laughs> my, my daddy could whoop your daddy. But do I walk with that confidence? He who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. This is a wonderful ending to Mark because it just says, Look, behold the Christ. You want to round it out, don't you? You don't need to. Do you understand who Christ is? Why did he come? To save us from himself, by himself, for himself. To save us from eternal damnation and fiery torment in hell. To give us eternal life with him forever. In abundant riches with every good and perfect gift. In perfect health in his presence on the other side of eternity. I'm not a gospel, prosperity gospel preacher. I'm a true gospel preacher. But, but the inheritance we have, the life we have now and will have. The one who owns us and holds us and keeps us. I have news for you. He is risen. He is risen indeed. He reigns. And he will return. But, 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 but that's just on the menu. The best pasta primavera in town. I, I worship the best God around. He's a mighty God, mighty to save. He's awesome. He loves me. He loves you. Somebody smack me in the face. Do you know who this God is? This is a challenge. This is a question. This is Mark saying, have you eaten from the menu? Have you feasted on the bread of life? Have you drank deeply of living water? Guys, 61 weeks, and you got a lot of menu read to you, amen? A lot of explanation and exposition on that menu, amen? A lot of facts that we've stored up in our head. You can't, listen, you can't know God without knowing the facts of God, but knowing the facts of God is not the same as knowing God, amen? Amen. You need the facts, you got the facts, and Mark says, now that you have the facts, have you trembled before God? Have you been awed and amazed and astonished by God? Do you walk in the fear of God? What's the fear of God? Are you scared of him? It's not terror. It's joyful submission to the reality of who God is. The authority, the might, the power, the the pinnacle of all pinnacles. He is God. 
He rules and reigns. Guys, what's the reality? Have you been astonished by God? Like you should be? Have you been amazed by God? As you should be? Do you want to be amazed by God? I'm asking. Do you really want to be amazed by God? Do you want to be astounded by who He is and who you are in Him and the power that He has at work in us and through us? Do you want to walk in the fear of the Lord? I hear it's the beginning of wisdom. How do you do it? How do you allow God to astound and amaze you? 16 chapters. You know how many chapters are in the whole Bible? 1186. I counted them all up one day in seminary. I was a little bored. Don't tell my professor it was a bad class that day. We have a menu that shows us how to feast upon the Lord. To taste and see and to walk with Him. Don't we have stories to share, Rich? Don't we have experiences and examples of God at work amongst us and within us and around us where we just go, whoa. Does God ever let us down? Is God faithful to provide for all of our needs? Does He care for us perfectly? You know how you experience the power of God and the presence of God and the reality of God and the glory of God? Write this down. It's a long, long thing. You want to write this down. Ready? Trust Him. Walk with God in the monotonous, ordinary moments of life and you will be astounded by the reality of who He is. When he invites you to go in a boat, get in a boat. He might bring a storm. When he sends you in the wilderness, walk in the wilderness. He might feed you by ravens. When he entrusts the pain to you, walk with him through the pain because he knows what he's doing. When the month and the money don't match up, don't adjust your money management. Adjust your position to get down on your knees and say, Lord, I'm going to need you now straight up quick. And he will show up every single time. Do you want a friend? Oh, what a friend I have in Jesus. Do you want to live life? Oh, how about eternal life? Do you want to be floored by the reality of who God is? Then shut your mouth, move your plans aside, and trust in Him, all right? Has God let these sick, pathetic, weak cats go? You know why? He got them. He got these weak, pathetic fools. And he's going to be glorified through turning these weak, pathetic fools into marvelous examples of a powerful, awesome, mighty God. Amen? Amen. We got any weak, pathetic fools here today beside me? Just me? Just a couple of you? Mark has shown us time and time again, when you know you're weak, when you know it's not your will that will be done, and when you know the reality of who Christ is, then you get to see God at work. Listen, we don't need 9 through 20. We don't have to add on to God's word. Perish the thought. I think Revelation talks about cursing some folks for doing that, huh? Y'all could do a little word search. Don't do that. But look at this. These women... They go to the tomb. They went out, empty tomb, trembling, astonished, and fearful. Not the scared, terror, fearful, the fear of God. Because do you know what Jesus just did? He rose. 
Did he say he would rise? Did they believe he would? Yeah. Did he? Every promise and precept and word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Do you want to take refuge in what the world offers? Do you want to be astonished by the world? Then you'll be terrified by God one day. Do you hear me there? Or do you want to be astonished by God and walk in the fear of the Lord and have life everlasting? How often do we read a gospel of Mark? And we're like, it's a cool menu. Best pasta primavera in town. I know all about this guy, Jesus, now. He was a... I mean, did you guys read this thing with me? You see this sucker all marked up? Do you know know how much I must love Jesus with my Bible marked up? He looks at my Bible. He's like, dude, John, I'm impressed. You got yellow and blue and black. I mean, look at that. Doesn't that mean I love him? It means I have a lot of facts stored up in my head. But do I eat off the menu? John came preparing a way for the Lord. He was tempted in the wilderness. You remember that? Healed a man with an unclean spirit. Cleansed the leper. Healed a... Dude, he healed a paralytic. Who can heal a paralytic? But the big deal wasn't healing the paralytic. You remember that? Yeah, you're like, wait, that's a long way to go. <laughs> Your sins are forgiven. But do the legs. No, no, no. The sins. Your legs will be good. The sin. You want to see a miracle? My sins are forgiven. Did, did you hear me? My sins are forgiven. And if you're in Christ, so are yours too. My legs work okay. Not as good as they used to. One day they'll work better, but that's irrelevant because my sins are forgiven. Do you know how my sins were forgiven? By my good deeds? By my dead Savior who rose, amen? Amen. Who took my sin upon him for his glory and my joy so that I might live with him for all of eternity? I mean, dude, a man with a withered hand, he touched a leper, remember that? He touched God, perfectly clean, touched a leper. He touched me. He shed his blood for me. Do you just read the facts or do you sit and allow God to astonish you by the truth that God became sin who knew no sin so that we who were sin might become the righteousness of God? You're like, yeah, I think I memorized that verse. Chew on that verse a minute. He who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. Chew on these truths. Look at the seed growing. We looked at the parable of the sower. We, we, I, I want to preach through Mark again. It's so magnificent. I got 65 other books. We're not going to run out. But each word of each chapter of each book is instruction for us to know God for who he is, to behold the excellencies of who he is, and to trust in him so we might be astonished and tremble in his presence and walk in the fear of the Lord. Does life seem big and God seem small? Sometimes, yeah? When, when, you, when your pain is severe, it seems a lot bigger than God, amen? amen. When, when your bills are big, God seems kind of tiny, doesn't he? When you're overwhelmed with life, God seems at a distance. Well, stop and behold the Lamb of God, because if he saved you by his blood, how much more will he sanctify you as he guides you for his glory through this life? Best pasta primavera in town. 
told him what day it was made, told him what was in it, told him what it cost. It's kind of like evangelism for a lot of nominal Christians, amen? Amen. Huh? And some of us ain't nominal Christians, we're the real deal, but we walk a lot like the nominals, right? We check off the checklist and do the deeds and get it done. Behold. Don't just look. Don't just listen. Behold. Behold your God. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold, these ladies were astonished and trembling and afraid. I don't know about you, but to me, that's a real clear ending to the Gospel of Mark. Amen? Amen. He comes on the scene. The Gospel of Jesus Christ. Goes through the life of Christ. Immediately, 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 immediately. He gets to the end of the life of Christ. Yeah, these ladies saw him. They knew him. Because they were astounded. They were trembling. They were afraid. See ya. Well, I want to I wanna chew on that for a moment, guys. Some of you may have been walking with Christ for decades. Some of you may have been regenerated when you were young. And now you're old. We'll be blunt. Have you been enjoying that life with Christ as you should? Have you been feasting of that menu as you are able to? Have you been beholding and turning from sin and turning to Christ? Have you been astounded by Him as you ought? Do you tremble before Him as you ought? Do you walk in a holy and righteous fear of God? Or do you forget about Him sometimes? How do you forget about God? How how do you lose sight of God? How do you get distracted from God? You know how? Bah. Yeah, bah. We're four-legged, pathetic animals that flip over, spend a while, and we get cast. And being cast, you blow it up with gas. This is what happens with sheep. Read Psalm 23. It actually talks about farting sheep. Because it says, you restore cast sheep, right? The good shepherd comes, and when sheep become cast, he restores them. Means he walks up, lifts them up from behind, and the sheep, ready? That's what they do. So now you're looking at yourself like, look at me. You're just a gassy sheep. You're a gassy sheep in need of a Savior. And God has come to allow you to pass gas all over him so that you can live with him so that one day you have no more gas. Do you know how weak we are? Do you know how mighty he is? My gaseous fellow friends, Jesus has come so you might not blow with gas. And we can trust him and walk as he leads us and guides us and feast deeply and richly as we abide in him. Well, you could go run off on your own little nonsense over here, eat some nasty grass, flip over on your side and fill up with gas. Now, you say to come and get you, but do you really want to break wind on the Lord? I don't. But when I understand what he has done to save me, how can I go and eat the nasty grass? He gave me the facts so I might know the truth, so I could walk with him and be sanctified by his word, which is truth. There's a lot out of one little verse, isn't it, my friends? The fear of the Lord is a beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Amen? That's Proverbs 9.10. Psalm 34, 8-10. Listen to this. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. 
Blessed is a man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lion suffers want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Do you understand what that just said? You will lack nothing in Christ. You will have everything you need. You will have life and have it abundantly. Should we just preach through Mark again? I mean, is it just me or is this awesome? Did did you guys see who this Christ is? Did, Did you see the reality of who Jesus is? Well, here's the beauty. We have the Word of God. And you want to know a dirty little secret? You can read it on your own. But next week we're going to go to a different book. The book of Habakkuk. And you can look in your table of contents, stick a piece of paper. Now you'll be floundering around all through the sermon. But you know who we're going to meet in Habakkuk? You're going to meet a guy called Jesus. And you're going to see how incredible this Jesus is. And my hope when we finish Habakkuk is that we tremble a little bit more that we're awed a little bit more, and that we walk in the fear of God a little bit more so we might behold and enjoy this God whose way is perfect, whose word always proves true, who's a shield to those who take refuge in him. Look at that one verse today. And they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. How awesome if we walk out of here today, trembling and astonished, saying nothing to anyone, we'll skip that part, you can encourage one another, but we walk out in the fear of the Lord. Why? Well, not because you heard some facts about Jesus, but because you encountered the risen Christ, and you beheld his glory, and the Holy Spirit was gracious to reveal to you a little bit more fully who this God is is. Amen? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we pray that you would help us. We treat you so casually at times. We become so complacent with you. We treat you like a penny. Yeah, we know the facts. Yeah, the gospel, we heard it before. But we got stuff to do now. Oh, Lord, help us. Lord, forgive us. Help us at times to trust you and slow down. We all say at that comment, yeah, right, we can't. Mm. Lord, help us to trust in you. Help us to trust such that if you do not keep your word, we will crash and burn. But remind us that you always keep your word. That as we trust in you, we will not crash and burn, but we will mount up with wings like eagles. We'll soar for your glory and in your power. Lord Jesus, I pray that you will use your word to help us see you more clearly. We see now what look like trees. Help us see these are really people. And yeah, Lord, that was from a few weeks ago in Mark but a reminder that we are in the process of maturing. Hmm. Lord, help us.
Help us to not be deceived or distracted. Help us not fall victim to false teachings, but to stand firmly on your word. But not just to consume your word, to actually trust in your word. To behold the reality of who you are. To walk in your will. And as we do know that we will be constantly awed, that we will have ample opportunity to tremble joyfully before you, and that by your power we can walk in the fear of the Lord. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your word. How incredible, Lord God, that you chose to reveal yourself to us in time and space that you speak to us, and that you have chosen to, to persevere and preserve your word for all time so that we might hear from you through this word, this inerrant, inspired word of God, profitable for teaching, for reproof and correction and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Lord, help us by your power to do those good works for your glory, knowing that in doing those good works, we will experience the reality of your glory as we live alongside you and with you day by day. Lord Jesus, help us be like these women. Help us to trust in what you say, be astounded by what you do, and to walk in the fear of the Lord. Lord Jesus, to you alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen.